I'm Catherine Arndt, the Chief of the VLGA Connect Studio. Welcome to today's episode, brought to you by the VLGA, your councillor support network and the national broadcaster on all things local government. Hi everyone and welcome back to VLGA Connect. It's time for another episode in our Local Leaders series where we get to know just a little better some of the mayors and CEOs from councils around Victoria. And today in the hot seat, it's Rosie Anir, the Mayor of Mount Alexander Shire Council. Rosie Anir, welcome to Local Leaders. Lovely to meet you. You too, Chris. Lovely to be here. And uh, you're the Mayor of Mount Alexander Shire Council. You have been since late last year. How's that going for you? It's good. It is a big job. Yeah. Um, I think I've, I mean, I'm, I'm having a great time. I'm enjoying it. It's, it's big though. I think I probably did not pace myself as well as I could have during the first six months. So I've just taken a little bit of time off to kind of recharge a little bit and I'm, I'm back on deck now. So when you say it's big, is it is it not what you expected or more than you expected going in? I think because the nature of the role is so, you know, you, you really make it, um, you, you work it the way that you want to. And because I decided that I wanted to work at like a full-time job this year, um, it's been big. I think, and obviously I wasn't working full-time before that. So it's been a step up in workload for me. And uh, as a, you know, just as a person, I, I tend to overcommit a little bit. So yeah. I've been really learning very quickly about how much I can actually do in a day and in a week. Well, I was going to ask you that question. What were you doing before you became a councillor and before you became mayor? Yeah, so I've been, I've got a hospitality and ba- uh, uh, background in hospitality, sorry, and also um, some teaching. So before this, I was teaching at a primary school. I was running the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Program. So teaching primary school kids how to cook. Um, yeah. So I've been doing that two days a week for the last few years. And that was a good pa- balance with my council job. Um, I've also got two young kids, which, which is a whole job in itself. Yeah. Um, but now I'm just, yeah, I'm just the mayor and just a mum. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're not just a mayor or just a mum. No, but, uh, I'm just doing those two things. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, take us back uh, to before you became a councillor in the first place and talk us through what was the motivation for putting your hand up? It was. Um, it all happened very quickly. I think, so I, I, was, I was born in Castlemaine. I grew up here. I've lived here for most of my life. I've only been away really for a couple of years after high school when I went overseas and then obviously came back here to have my kids and um you know it's been it's there's been ups and downs especially when I was a teenager I probably wasn't the most uh good citizen uh, <laughs> in the shire and I think as I grow older and older I really realized that you know I have a great passion for helping and I really you know I like working with people I like trying to make things better for other people and so 2020 obviously very strange year I'd had this really terrible year the year before lots of just Lots of stuff happened 2019 and I'd kind of emerged through it in 2020 and I was ready to get out there and and do good things. And then COVID obviously happened and, you know, all the hospitality work dried up. I was homeschooling my kids. I finished my degree and I was kind of like, but now what? What do I do? I was on this role. And I'd always had it in the back of my mind that one day I wanted to be part of council. Um, I didn't think it would be now. But it was it was the right time and I just didn't think about it too much. But I went for it because I really wanted to show 
that anyone could do it, that you didn't have to be, you know, older, retired, that you didn't have to have lots of money, have your life together even, that you could just kind of have a go. I did not expect to get elected. Um, and then I and then I was, and that, that's kind of the beginning of it. I, I wanted to give back to as many people as I could and I wanted to see what it was like to run for council and see if it was possible just for a, you know, a pretty normal person to do it. There's a few things you said there that I'd like to unpack uh, oh. if, you, if you're willing. Um, firstly, you said you weren't what you would have termed a, a very good citizen. What did you mean by that? When I was a teenager, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a real rough patch when I was a teenager and it was, you know, I was just pretty publicly uh, antisocial and right. naughty, I guess, as a lot of teenagers are. But I think some of the things that, some of the kind of behaviours I engaged in when I was a young person, um, now, uh, you know, obviously it's a big part of council. I am horrified by them. Um, and, yeah, so I, yeah. I really knew that um, that I wanted to kind of make amends for things that I had done that maybe I wasn't so proud of or ways that I'd acted um, and this this job is definitely fulfilling that for me. Um, yeah, that, tipping that, the scales back to to the right direction. Yeah. But yeah, I felt I felt bad about even though you know I was unwell, it wasn't really my fault. Looking back, I was like, I'm not proud of this. I would like to make up for it somehow. So, does that give you a, a perspective at at your age? You're still young. Um, I'm still, um, yes. a, a perspective when you talk about that behaviour that you're horrified by, does it give you a perspective of understanding the factors that might be behind the way people do act out in certain I think so. ways? Yeah. I think so. And I do, I still do kind of alongside this. It's my last job that I can't kind of let go of is doing some work with young people, especially mm -hmm. those who are maybe not having such a good time. Um, and I also do some work up at the high school teaching the young people about their mental health because I'm very passionate about it. So I probably do interact with a lot of young people who are who are struggling a bit and and maybe engaging in some behaviours that aren't super positive for themselves mm. or for the community. Um, it is really helpful. Look, honestly, the most helpful thing that I have now is that I'm able to go into schools and tell young people that, you know, if you had met me at 15, you would not have thought ever that I would be in this position. You, you know, I didn't think I was going to make it through adolescence, honestly. Um, and, I, and being able to tell kids that I that I really struggled and struggled for years and now I'm the mayor mm. is very, very cool. Um, being able to tell them that basically there is nothing that you can't come back from. You've just got to ride out the hard times and, you know, look, I talk lots about help seeking, letting people help you, making different choices. It's, it's one of the most rewarding things that I get to say to kids now. Um, and it's really... Isn't it exciting to share that with them? That that is really inspirational. You you also said you you felt you always had it in the back of your mind that you might want to be on council. Why do you think that was? Was there someone that you saw that inspired you to think that way, or was it the opposite that you saw people that you couldn't see yourself reflected in that made That's you think that, that I way? I think it's probably a bit of both. Yeah. So you know, I having grown up here. And I think I always had a good awareness of council because my parents were relatively engaged with council. So not, you know, they were never on council or working for council, but my dad, my dad's an archaeologist and my mum's a historian. Wow. So they were always kind of involved in, in projects and stuff. And I would often attend meetings at council, especially with my dad when I was a kid. And I just remember, I don't remember it very well, but I remember being very 
kind of in awe of council because it was, you know, it was a bit secret, it was a bit special, there are all these secret rooms and it felt very fancy. Um, so I was always attracted to like, oh, that that that's such an interesting place and, and organisation. But, yeah, I, you know, I've really watched council over the years and only a couple of times have I really seen someone on council as a councillor who I went, they would probably understand me and represent my best interests. Mm. Um, and I thought that was a bit of a shame because, you know, we have this incredible diverse community here in Mount Alexander um, and I guess I haven't seen that fully represented on council ever. It, it, you know, we lean towards um, older people, mostly men always, maybe a little bit leaning conservatively. And, and while that is fine and there's a place for, for, you know, everyone on council, I think that diversity has been missing. Mm. And I was hoping to kind of, yeah, add, add to the picture a little bit, I guess, and, and perhaps give some people a voice who maybe weren't traditionally represented on council. Um, th that's very admirable. And I noticed that one of your priorities for your term as a councillor was to demystify council. Yes, um, do you feel you're in a position to be able to do that yet? I am doing a lot better than I was. Yeah. So imagine, you know, I had no, I had no context for council really beyond what I knew as a, as a resident ratepayer, which was what everyone thinks about council, that why are they charging us so much rates and there's still holes and holes in the road? That's, you know, um, and also just, you know, general kind of distrust and anger at council from various directions. So I started there exactly where everyone else started and very, very quickly had to learn a lot. Um, I've learned so much. My my brain is just so full of, of things now. And, and and as I start to understand it better, I'm, you know, I'm getting it out there and I'm trying to, you know, I make one of my big passions that I have and, and I hope that it's shining through a bit is, you know, we release a lot of strategies and plans and things and my big drive is to have them in as plain English as possible. So obviously as just, you know, a relative layperson to all this, I've really struggled with acronyms especially and that kind of um, industry speak. So my big passion is having everything in plain English. I always say I would like to be able to read this to my kids and for them to understand it roughly. Um, yeah. That's the level that I like to pitch things. And I think in that way, I've had a little bit of influence. Um, also, I'm, I'm good with people. I'm not great, you know, I have deficit areas. I'm not great with finance, you know, I struggle with planning sometimes, but I'm quite good with people. And so I'm able to, you know, meet with people regularly, either one-on-one -on -one or in groups and sit down and explain things to the best of my ability in a way that I think may be a bit more accessible. Mm. Um, and I do a lot of work in the schools. A big passion of mine is getting into schools and talking to kids about council and they love it. They really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, next week we're having a program come through called Passions and Pathways, which is grade five and six students learning about different pathways to achieve things. And I've got them to come through council this year, which I'm really excited about. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So um, you talk about that distrust and anger at times mm -hmm. in the community. Do you feel you've been able to make progress in breaking that down? I, it's, not, it's not as simple. I don't think one person or a few people even could do that. I think there is a big cultural difficulty at the moment. And I, I know it was always there, but I think obviously I've only been involved with council post-COVID and during COVID. 
that, you know, COVID really did a lot of damage to people and, and their ability to connect and their ability to trust and their ability to, I think, be patient in lots of ways as well. So, you know, we have been seeing um, communities that are more, uh, I'm not sure what the right word is, there's just less, there's less ability to just kind of let things be, I think, mm. um, and, and people are a lot quicker to jump to anger and um, and frustration because I think we're all a bit burnt out still. So I probably haven't made as much progress as I'd like, but I make some progress and um, I don't know, I've, I've emailed with you, I think, I have a little I have a little email signature on the bottom of my email and the very last line of it says, um, please remember that I'm a person with feelings doing my best in a challenging role. And that was one of the first things I added to my, uh, my signature, which has kind of grown and expanded over the years. But I get so much good feedback on that. And I really noticed that even when people who are quite frustrated contact me, if I'm able to meet them with kindness, understanding, and not arc up back at them, that it can de-escalate very quickly. Um, and, and we can have, you know, really productive conversations. So while I don't think I'm able to affect things on that big scale that maybe I was hoping to, I'm having lots of little successes, which I hope are adding up to, you know, to a bit of a change for, for some people. I love that message. I love that vulnerability telling people, you know, you say you're not good with finance, you're not good with planning. Join the club. They're complex issues, aren't they? Uh, and just a couple of uh, many, uh, many complex issues in local government that we're all trying to navigate. Mm. And I can imagine that's that's well received the way that you present that. Tell me about uh, being mayor. Was was that part of the plan? I know you thought about being on council, but was being mayor in your first term where you thought you'd be? No, I mean, I didn't think I would get elected. I did not. I did not think I would get elected. So even getting elected to council was a bit of a shock. I was elected the day before my 29th birthday. It was very intense. Um, you know, I, I'm the youngest by a good good amount and I feel like I definitely entered with maybe the least experience um, just because of, probably just because of my age, I, I think. Um, so no, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it straight off the bat, but very quickly I realised that I am here. You know, it's kind of like I've got my foot in the door I'm, I need to take this as far as I can. Um, so in my first year, I ran for deputy mayor and wasn't successful. My second year, I ran for mayor and wasn't successful, but I was deputy mayor. And this year, I ran for mayor or at the end of last year, and they unanimously um, voted for me. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, did, I think I did state my intention pretty early on that I would like the opportunity if that's, if, you know, if it was felt that I was suitable. Yeah. And very quickly, I think I realised that I would be able to be mayor if I kept learning, if I kept asking questions, if I kept, yeah, doing personal development and professional development. I realised that I could absolutely do that. And and clearly built up the credibility and the respect amongst your fellow councillors to be yeah. entrusted a, with the role. Fantastic yeah. group and I'm incredibly lucky to work with the people I work with and um, and have their trust and their respect, um, which you, you never know. You never know going mm. into a new job, um, especially one like this where we're elected by the public, you know, we're, we're a mix of seven people who have nothing in common except that we put our hands up to, to serve the community. 
Um, and really that is the thing that connects us all. At the end of the day, we have that shared thing and that is enough to make us really functional as colleagues and a team. We should talk about a couple of current and local issues before we yep. run out of time, Rosie. I notice also on your list of priorities was affordable housing. Oh. And am I right? It was uh, Mount Alexander recently that uh, passed a pretty uh, groundbreaking um, uh, decision to allow tiny homes on properties without permits. Have I got that right? Pretty much. It's very, it's got, it's very specific because obviously we're working within, you know, the planning scheme. Hmm. But we, we were able to amend our local law which covered um, camping caravans and tiny homes on wheels to yeah. allow people to put um, yeah, a camper caravan or a tiny house on wheels on a property with an existing dwelling without a permit. Mm. Um, and it's it's really exciting. The reception has been incredible. We, you know, when we went out for public consultation on it, we got over 1,500 responses, which is massive for us. You know, we're only a shire of 20,000 people. Um, it was incredible. and. The response since has just been so overwhelmingly positive. It felt like such a, a such a great step to take. What other things do you think you might be able to do to move the needle on that affordable housing issue? We've got so much going on, and it's it's a real point of pride. I think that uh, you know on that first day that all councillors came in and we sat around the table and really met each other. You know we went around saying our priorities, and every single one of us put housing at the top or near the top. Um, and there's something very, we're very lucky in that we have a council or group that is aligned, council, the organisation is aligned and the community is aligned on this. And I think when those three things line up, um, you have to act because you have the best bet of getting things done. So mm. the very first thing we did was we put on a, we opened up a new position called the Housing Solutions Broker. And we have a lady called Claire in that job. And Claire has been, you know, life-changing in, in this position. Um, so we have so many projects on the go at the moment, including some pretty exciting air rights, um, stuff happening out the back on our own land. We're trying to activate a bunch of other land we have. Um, we're working on some shop top projects. We're working on activating some state government and big track land and a whole bunch of other stuff mm. in the pipeline that both us and the community are working on. It's, um, it's feeling really positive and exciting. Obviously, it's not going as fast as we would like. Um, and we're, we're noticing a lot more um, visible homelessness and rough sleeping in the interim. So we're also trying to get some strategies in place to address that. Um, mm. And that's, we're kind of on the brink of something pretty exciting there, um, but not quite. So I can't tell you about it. Okay. We'll, I'm excited. Uh, we'll stay tuned and yep. uh, look forward to hearing more. But that, yes, some exciting stuff happening there. Absolutely. Well done. Um, what else would you like to see uh, on your list of achievements before your mayoral term is up? Because time's getting away, isn't it? I don't, mm, by the end of this mayoral term, I don't know. Um, what would I like to see? One of my big dreams that is probably more long term than this cycle of council is an aquatic centre. So, you know, we're a relatively good size shire now. We don't have uh, a suitable indoor aquatic facility. We have an ageing population. We have, you know, we've got we've got a good mix. And, and for years I have wanted this way before I was on council and it's something that I would still love for the town. Um, other things that we're obviously working on, we've got, you know, we've got the same problems. People have other places with access to childcare and kinder. I'd really like to see us have some more um, options for people, especially for 
you know, that parents can return to work or study if they'd like to, because we've got, you know, 300 plus lists, waiting lists. Um, people are unable to return to work because there's not enough childcare. Yeah. So that's that's definitely something else that I'd really love to to achieve more of. Terrific. Perhaps one last question, Rosie. Do you see, do you see yourself being a councillor longer term? And for that matter, do you do you want to be mayor again? I always said I would. I would have to see how I was feeling. You know, kind of mid next year. But the trajectory that I am on now, I would love another term. I think there are so many projects that I've kind of been at the start of that I know won't finish in the next year and a half. I think another four years would would really give me the time to, to, to get into those things that I really want to see through. I would love to be mayor again. I think it has kind of unleashed something in me that I didn't know I was capable of. And I just feel myself growing and growing and growing as a person and, and in the role. And I would be excited to see what I could do with more time in the role. I know I said that was the last question, but I do have one more. Do you... Yeah. Do you see whether you've been perhaps able to inspire more young people, more women, more diverse people to actually put their hand up to to be a counsellor? I'm really community? hoping so. Yeah. I have I have so many great conversations with people, and, and it is especially women and younger people, I would say, who are just like, I've just never thought about it until you did it. And that's kind of exactly what I wanted. So yeah. I know a lot of people, maybe they won't run, you know, this term, but the, the kind of seed is in there now. Yeah. Um, the same, same seed that I think was in May. And I know, for instance, the, the Women League, League, Leading Locally program that runs, we've got uh, four, four women from our shire doing that this year. I'm about to catch up with all of them and kind of go, please run for council. Right. You know, I think it would be amazing. Um, every young person that I talk to ever, I tell them that they should run for council in the future. Um, I, I really hope so. I and I'm doing it. I'm doing it as much as I can, just by being myself in the role, mm. if that makes sense. Instead of trying to tell people to do it, I'm just trying to show them what it can look like done differently. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That is very inspirational. Uh, I've really enjoyed meeting you, you and chatting Thanks. with you, Rosie. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time and your thoughts on local All right. I, I love talking about this stuff. Really, I do. All the best to you and thanks Thank again. Thank you. You too. What an inspirational young person. That's Councillor Rosie Anir, the Mayor of Mount Alexander Shire Council, who has been my guest today on Local Leaders. Stay tuned. We've got much more to come from this series as part of VLGA Connect. Stay subscribed on YouTube and your podcast player to make sure you don't miss a thing. And we'll see you again soon. Bye for now. 